Hi, this is Stevie, and you're listening to It Takes a Village. So today we're going to be talking to Stevie. Stevie is in our Sacramento um, Cal Center clinic. Um, he is also the leader of Stevie with Storytime three times a week, our virtual Storytime. He has been in, um, or today you'll hear about his winding journey into applied behavior analysis and the world of autism. Um, and here, his passion for kids and helping them through this journey. Stevie, Steve, what, how, like, what, like, there's a lot. Um, so I go by, I go by Stevie a lot because my dad's name is Steven as well. Got it. Okay. Like, so they, mm -hmm, because like, I'm just always around my dad. So it's like Steven, like, it just doesn't work for me. Yeah. That would be really confusing if there was two Steves. Uh Stevie's better than like little Steve. Yeah, exactly. I hated little Steve because I was never little. I was always super tall. It's like, you can't call me little. Yeah. Well, thanks for, for being here at our first uh, podcast. Uh, and you're someone super special and important to us. So we thought, well, why not kick it off oh, with yeah. someone like you? Um, so tell us a little about yourself. I mean, it's interesting because I feel like I know you, but uh -huh. I, so who are you? Where, what's your background? Where, where did, where do you, how, how did you become the person that... <laughs> Um, well, I'm the oldest of three kids, um, so I had a lot of personal time with my parents and grandparents um, for three or four years before I had any other siblings to entertain. So I got a lot of special attention. Oh, um, so special, yes. Yeah. So I was the first grandkid, first grandson, so my had all the attention. Uh, my grandfather and grandma just told me stories about this weekend uh, when I went to see him for Mother's Day that I would sit in front of the TV and put like a towel on my head and pretend like I was Ariel or some little princess <laughs> and just belt out all the songs and like have their full attention because I'm blocking the TV. So mm. so you've been a showman from since the beginning. Yeah, from the beginning. I've been always been at this and being in the center of attention is one of my I love it. <laughs> well that's awesome. So so yeah, so then what what were you like as a kid? So it sounds like you were super creative. Super creative, super out of the box all the time. Um, I would love to pick up my own outfits every single day. So mm -hmm. it would my mom didn't have to do that for me, but she would have to let me go to school sometimes in the outfits that didn't <laughs> It was planned. <laughs> they were mismatched, and but I was happy. Yeah, you were happy. Yeah. And mm -hmm. where did you grow up? Uh, Sacramento, all of my life. Wow, so you were Sacramento born, mm -hmm. and still yeah. in Sacramento. Mm -hmm. um, so, high school what was high school like for you? High school was interesting. So um, they sent me to private school, kindergarten to eighth grade. Mm -hmm which I loved and it just challenged me mentally and spiritually. Mm -hmm. And then they gave me the choice of either going to public high school or a private high school. But the incentive to go to public school was I get the tuition money instead to go shopping. Wow. Wow. That's like, a, that's a big decision. It's a big decision because yeah. I've been in a uniform for eight years, a white polo, blue corduroy pants. So I yeah. took, I took the money and I went with public school. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Uh, 
so what sort of extracurriculars did you do in? Oh, I wasn't doing, I was in everything. I first started out with, uh, I only knew four kids at this high school, which was 3,000 kids that came with me from my private school. So I had to get in the groups really fast because those four kids I did, I wasn't greatest of friends with. So mm. I joined, uh, what was it? Student Council, Associated Student Body. Um, there's a group called Friday Night Live. Um, it was anti-drug group I was part of. Um, what other groups were there? Um, where you take in a freshman when you're a senior and you help them like transition, which I loved that. Like I was able to help shape like a freshman's high school career. I was like, this is what you want to do. This is what you want to avoid. And so it's really cool. That's awesome. So you've always been kind of, you know, like, out there and doing stuff. Yes. <laughs> doing stuff and busy. Um, so college, like when you went to college, what would you major in? What did you when you started college, what did you think you were going to do? And then what did you end up doing? Oh, my gosh. So I, when I went to college first, I knew I wanted to do something where I was involved and not sitting at a desk. <laughs> okay. Because so I was on the go. Mm-hmm. I knew yeah. I was always on the go. I needed to have that pace in my life where I could work and also run up and tackle some of the other projects. And I got bored of just sitting down at my desk. So I went to school for accounting, of all things, my freshman year. <laughs> Wow, I would have never guessed. Yeah, me either. And yeah. I, because okay. I, I love numbers. Numbers just always made sense to me. They worked. But after my third accounting class, I the teacher talked to me. He's like, "You're really good at this. Do you see yourself doing this?" And I, I said, "No, <laughs> I can't do it." <laughs> well, especially if you're kind of going back to the fact that you didn't want to sit at a desk. Yeah. No. Mm-mm. Yeah. Um, I don't really know too many accountants, but my general sense is they do a lot of desk sitting. Yeah, that's exactly what they do. They're always at the desk. And I I knew right then and there that I had to change my career path. <laughs> so and how did you, so then what did you switch to? I researched a lot of things. I talked to a lot of people I knew that graduated already and saw what their interests were and where they went with their degrees. So I figured communications, it's open. It, there's a lot of different uh, minors in it. So then I went uh, public relations first. And then I kind of honed it into be organizational communications. So, that way so can... where, where, where do you like? Where in your life is there the intersection with autism, or how did you even get started in sort of this career that you're in right now? During this exact time frame, when I switched from being accounting to um, communications, I was at Sac mm-hmm. State, and they were doing a career fair, and I was like, "Well, I, I need a job." <laughs> so I just started walking around the job fair and Capital Autism. They said we are flexible with hours. We understand you have you're at school. You can come to work after, and you can work with kids. And I just lit up at that moment. They like they just told me about their day and how they run lessons with kids. They give kids incentives to achieve and like to have fun. And I was hooked. <laughs> Yeah. So you literally just like walked up into a career fair. Mm-hmm. Um, had you ever heard of what um, applied behavior analysis was? Did you know anything about it? I knew nothing at all. I knew people with autism in my life and I knew how to, I've always had a way of talking to people and like getting down to their level and understanding them, but I never had any of the, any of the real skills that yeah. you're taught. So what did you think the job was before you actually started it? So before I, it kind of sounded like 
school, but like more leeway and fun. Like, cause it's just you, like you're the, basically the teacher and you get to do whatever you want. So it's, you make the schedule, you make the day and they go along with it. So. Yeah. Um, okay. So well, t- tell me about sort of your first, uh, kiddo your first client what was that like my first client was six four wow a big kid a big kid and I was uh it was my very first case and I had so much support I had my supervisor my um mid-level out there they were both there to support me because they knew that I'm six feet tall and seeing someone who's six four taller than me is it was it was intense yeah and the behaviors were more intense so they wanted to make sure that I was supported out there so I wasn't scared because they knew it was my very first day my very first client and they knew the behaviors would happen um surprisingly I never got there was never aggression that happened to me (laughs) yeah um so how long were you a behavior technician for I was a behavior tech for five whole years. Wow, five years. Mm -hmm. Like, so through college and post-college, I guess, too. Through college and Mm post-college. And what, I mean, you know, it's interesting because some behavior technicians, you know, don't stay in the field that long. Like, how did you, why did you decide to stay? Especially because your background was more communications. Mm -hmm. ER, you know, things like that. I just loved the way I felt. I would go home every single night and I would sleep like a baby. Like Mm. there was no qualms in my head, no thoughts. Like I gave that kid or my kid, whoever had those those days, my all. And I was able to go to sleep and not have anything running through my head. Um, and but talk a little bit about like the hard days. How did you? Um, were oh, there, there times that you, there that are, you quit or just uh-huh. you know, go back to, to yeah. the communication? There were definite hard days um, where you just feel like you don't see your client progressing like how you want to see him progress. Um, there was days where you're just like. I want to go home and cry right now because I, I don't know what else I can do to talk to this kid and help them get through this. Cause you could see their frustrations and trying to shape their world is it's hard to let you see them like getting so frustrated over and over at the same thing. You know, like, I don't know how to help you. Yeah. <laughs> some days are, you just can't help that kid and they're just going to be stuck in that, in that mood, which mm-hmm. we all get stuck in moods. Um, it was about finding ways to alleviate that stress for me that helped a lot. So I learned to exercise directly right after getting home from work. No matter how tired I was, I would work out and all those, that stress was gone. Um, I invested in a weighted blanket, which... <laughs> Weighted blanket. Oh, yeah, I've heard a lot about those. I would just come home. I would go sit in my bed, put that weighted blanket on my head, my shoulders, and just watch a Disney movie. Yeah. <laughs> and it would help. Mm-hmm. It would help because I knew at the end of the day, I got to go home and I got to just be me. I knew that family had to still stay in that house and still deal with those with those complications. And it was I was free. So I yeah. got to, it just, it, it affected me differently a lot, especially when I was like a kid, like, cause I was on cases for years, like two, three years at times. Mm-hmm. And I would be connected to that person. And I just had to realize that after I go home, I just have to let it go, not think about it. Cause I have to go in that next day, all fresh and ready to go again. Yeah. No, I can see that that would be really, um, challenging um so okay so after five years and what, what did why did you decide to stop doing that what did you do next so i was i've never been with a company so long um i was i worked in a as a bank teller for two years a grocery store for 
a year and a half. And those are just odd jobs and they didn't really love them. But mm-hmm. working with kids, just seeing these kids progress and just their smiles, I just fell in love with this job. So I applied to, I thought about being a BCBA and going that route, but I didn't really see myself um, really pulling away from the kids because like they have to do more lesson plans, stuff like that. And I knew I wanted to be like with the kids, like with that personal connection as many as I could. So I decided to, they, um, there's an opening for a clinic manager at my old clinic. And so I applied for that, but somebody else got it. And they're like, well, just keep applying, just keep applying. And we have something coming down the line. And then Alcrev opened up and I applied and I got it. <laughs> nice, great. Yeah. Um, so talk a little bit about, um, story time with Stevie. I mean, you know, it's all about you. So uh, like, what do you love about it? Why do you love doing it? What's the best parts? What's your process? I love the feeling I get from it. Um, seeing all the kids' faces, just watching me, smiling, copying me, just like so in tune to me that they want to do it, what I'm doing. It's just, it's the best feeling in the world. Like I get goosebumps just talking about it. Um, it's, it makes me happy. Like the most happy I could ever be. Um, cause I used to do circle time every day at my center and it was like the best part of my day. Cause I would get to leave my desk, leave all those things in that office and then go straight to the kids and just be their world. Mm-hmm. I love that feeling. So how do you come up with like your topics? Like how, you know, it's um, like, <laughs> I honestly slightly. come up with most of my topics um, during happy hour. <laughs> well, yes, that makes sense. It, like just them, like my, my brain just starts like pouring out ideas and like things I could do and like little bullet points. And it's like the wine just helps the thoughts flow. <laughs> yeah. No. Get that I mean, creative I think- juice going. <laughs> Yeah, definitely for sure. Because mm-hmm. like I do things that I know I'm going to have fun with because I'm having fun no matter what I'm doing. I know that the kids are going to see that and they're going to feel that energy and they're going to go with it too. Yeah, well, and you say kids, but I was saying <laughs> some parents today in Jazzercise. I love that. Doing, that you so know, <laughs> movement and kicks and all that. And I mean, mm-hmm. I think it's really um, great, um, you know, the little happiness that we're spreading during sort I mean, we started, we started story time was like one of the first things we did once the shutdown happened. And I think it's really been great um, just to get a little bit of normalcy and fun and sort of these weird times, if you will. Right. Mm-hmm, totally. It's nice uh, to like have everybody come together and just have fun. Yeah, I know. I, I like, I just love the fact that people are having fun and engaging or like not only with you, but with each other. Right. That makes me the happiest when I hear them talking to each other at the beginning. I'm like, what's happening? I'm like, Oh, they're, they're talking to each other. It's so yeah. cute. And you know, especially the activities you do ahead of time. Like, you know, I think lots of parents are really grateful and thankful to have, um, you know, in the structure, right? Like in these days, they're so unstructured and unscheduled. Like they know, okay, at 10 a.m. I get Stevie time and there's an activity beforehand, right? There's a little bit of kind of like, you know, a, a scheduled thing, if you will, which has been really great for them. And I love scheduled stuff. <laughs> uh, yeah, you love it. So um, talk a little bit about, like if you had to give advice to a parent right now, who either just got a diagnosis um, for their kid or is in the early stages. I mean, what, what, I mean, you 
been working with kids with autism for a long time. And um, I mean, what sort of advice do you give them or just thoughts that you have? Um, I would give the advice that this is your kid and you're in this kid. Your personality is in this kid. So the best way to have fun with the kid is just be yourself. Have be silly. Don't care what anyone's thinking. If your kid's having fun with you and you're in the middle of a grocery store singing a song and that kid's smiling, that's it right there. Yeah. As long as your kid's happy, that's number one goal is your kid's happiness. We want them to be happy and thrive throughout their life. So just make them happy. <laughs> yeah. I, no, I love that. Uh-huh. And I think that that's really great and sort of, um, you know, to some of the feedback we've gotten from parents, like especially in the beginning, right? There's sort of this loss of the expectation of what if, but, you know, in reality, you know, kid um, that's on the spectrum has just a whole array of possibilities too, right? Mm-hmm. So many possibilities. So many different There's outcomes. so many positive possibilities and outcomes and mm-hmm. you're still going to have a laughs and all that. So, you know, it's, it's interesting when you talk to parents that like, you want to acknowledge that, you know, sadness, obviously, if, if you're there, um, but, you know, they're sort of what's on the other side of it is like such a beautiful experience in general, mm-hmm. just great. The greener grass at the other side that they get to like yeah. hold their kid's hand through and like walk slowly. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, you know, it's like I think for anything, right? Like you're, you feel a little... Um, something like is different or what you have different than you've expected happens like we just all have to adjust to to, to change or whatever right so mm-hmm. um so stevie before you leave so um a couple of things if you had to describe yourself in three words what would they be zany is that a word <laughs> yeah no, that's a word sparkly curious curious and if you had one thing that you wish your, uh, I like to call them your Stevie fan fan base, uh, would know, what, what would you tell them? Oh, goodness. That's a good one. Um, how happy this makes me. Like, it's, it's indescribable how happy this makes me. It's so nice well, to do. Oh, well, I'm sure they're equally as happy as we see high kicks and <laughs> mesmerized while eating their cereal. So I think these children really, really appreciate uh, seeing, getting to see you three times a week and look forward to uh, the theme. So, um, and I really do enjoy the fact that it is fun, but it's super educated. You know, you, you do sprinkle in a lot of prompting, a lot of physical movement, you know, especially, and it's very inclusive, right? Then we have had some people on there that are verbal, some are that are not verbal, right? That are different ages. And I think regardless of where they are on the spectrum or just in ability or, or age, like I think everyone engaged us with it equally with as much as zest. So I think that's been really exciting to see for sure. It is awesome. Um, all right. Well, thanks so much for your time and uh, for being our first guest on this podcast. Of course. Happy to do it. All right. Thanks. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. Um, if you have an idea or would like to be on this podcast, let us know at info at kadient.com. This has been a Cadient production.